This is Wisconsin Water News, a production of the University of Wisconsin Sea Grant Program. I'm your host, Marie Zwickoff. Today's episode is An Experimental Cultivation Method Could Mean Healthy Potato Yield and Healthier Water. Fried, baked, or mashed, we love our potatoes. What we don't love is drinking water with lots of nitrate, a form of nitrogen, that fuels a robust potato crop because it acts as a fertilizer. In the central sands area of Wisconsin, which is where most spuds are grown, drinking water is groundwater, and groundwater can bear the brunt of unwelcome potato cultivation effects. Generally, when you look at impacts on the groundwater system from typical cropping systems in the central sands, potato tends to have more drainage as well as more nitrate leaching losses, and you know, largely if you look at that system, it's kind of this hill and this furrow system. So not only does do potatoes require a lot of water, but the physical space or the way in which they grow kind of tends to promote both recharge as well as nitrate leaching loss due to the high nitrogen demand of that particular crop. That's Kevin Masaryk, a researcher from the University of Wisconsin Stevens Point and University of Wisconsin Madison Division of Extension. Although he's not armed with regulatory suggestions, or even salt, butter, and sour cream, Masaryk is coming for those potatoes. He is armed with a one-row hand planter and rye, millet, and oat seeds. He's got science-based solutions in mind, not potato-growing restrictions or even gastronomical intentions. With two years of funding from the University of Wisconsin Water Resources Institute, Masaryk is pursuing what he termed an outside-the-box idea for assessing whether this tasty tuber can be cultivated in a way that reduces the movement of nitrate into groundwater. In children six months and younger, nitrate promotes the oxidation of hemoglobin to methemoglobin, which limits blood's ability to bind and transport oxygen, depriving the infant of oxygen. Nitrate has also been linked to cancer, thyroid disorders, birth defects, and hypertension. Both state health and agricultural officials named nitrate as the most widespread groundwater contaminant in Wisconsin, affecting both municipal and private water systems. Because groundwater also makes its way to surface waters, rivers, lakes, streams, and wetlands, can see higher nitrate levels, with one result being increased algae growth, which disrupts ecosystems. Masaryk said during the last 20 or 30 years, when the cause and extents of nitrate in groundwater has been documented, there's been a simultaneous gap. We've been good at pointing out that there's a problem, but we haven't been good at pointing out what the solution is. A lot of the last five years, I've been trying to switch the questions that I'm interested in devoting my time and attention to, to providing what are some potential answers that would, would work here. And that's, that's where this project kind of was, was born out of. Investigating in-season cover crops for reducing nitrate loss to groundwater below potatoes is an aptly descriptive title of what his project is doing. It's interceding cover crops such as rye, millet, and oats among potato rows to see if these added plants will take up excess nitrate and therefore improve water quality. Critically, the project also needs to ensure that the potato harvest isn't hindered nor yield significantly reduced by the additional vegetation between rows. Masaryk is grateful for the cooperation of Portage County farmer Justin Isherwood, who provided a test plot in 2020. Isherwood credited Masaryk for giving him the language of the landscape, 
by providing information about aspects of agriculture he wasn't aware of. Isherwood is planning to participate in the study again this year. The discoveries of last year will be applied. For example, rye is likely to be removed from the seed mix because it put early energy into root growth, resulting in slow above-ground growth. The rye was then shaded out by the potato plants. Masark explains that other plants worked better. But in, in those areas where we did you know, have some success, I think it showed the amount of biomass accumulation and the amount of nitrogen that, that uh, interplanting or that cover crop was able to capture is significant enough that this, you know, it could be capturing enough nitrogen that it would make a difference with regards to water quality. Masaryk is energized for the coming growing season. He also wanted to talk about potato growers, who he termed as wanting to be proactive on the nitrate loading challenge. This year, really, it's all about establishing the plots and making sure that the biomass that we're able to grow in that space is successful. And if it's successful, then what is the impact on the actual crop itself? If, if the impact is too great, it might not be a, a viable strategy. It might, it might not be something that growers would naturally want to do. But I think they are, you know, they are looking for solutions. If Masark's project is successful, it can be used with other crops to reduce nitrate leaching in those fields. That's it for this episode of Wisconsin Water News, just one of the ways that Wisconsin Sea Grant promotes the sustainable use of Great Lakes resources through research, education, and outreach. Listen and subscribe to us through Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or at seagrant.wisc.edu. Thank you to Kevin Masaryk, and thank you to Moira Harrington, Assistant Director for Communications, for the script. And as always, thank you for listening.